We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 642 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, August 25th, 2023, and we are approaching a significant weekend for multiple reasons. Uh, It is a weekend that will include the Commanders 2023 preseason finale, Commanders versus the Cincinnati Bengals at FedEx Field Saturday evening at 6.05. It also is a weekend (laughs) that will include the annual Galdi Kids Birthday Party. Uh, Yes, the annual Galdi Kids Birthday Party. Uh, It is the Coachella (laughs) of kids' birthday parties. It is the Coachella without the special K. Uh, My son just turned six. My daughter just turned three. Their birthdays are three days apart, and so we do the birthday party for the both of them. Uh, And by the way, the birthdays are three days apart, not on purpose. We didn't do that on purpose, trust me. But uh, Saturday is the day for the third annual Galdi Kids Birthday Party, and August tradition like no other. The theme this year is Buzz Lightyear. I will hopefully be buzzed, uh, maybe even more than buzzed, and then maybe I'll actually enjoy <laughs> Commander's Bengals later on Saturday. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi Podcast. This is the podcast that follows Washington, D.C. area sports so that you don't have to. This is a podcast for which there is a new episode every weekday, Monday through Friday, with each episode out oh so early each weekday morning. And this is a podcast on which I talk commanders on every episode, no matter the time of year. Do we now need to be worried about the uh, right big toe injury that receiver Terry McLaurin suffered this past Monday night in the uh, 29-28 preseason win over the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field? Uh, ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter on Thursday afternoon tweeted the following, quote, well, Washington has expressed optimism about it. The status of Terry McLaurin, who suffered a turf toe injury on Monday night. The commander's wide receiver is uncertain for the regular season opener versus the Arizona Cardinals, per sources. McLaurin will work to be ready for the start of the season, but it's too early to say whether he will be. His injury typically is a multiple-week injury. End quote. Uh, yeah, not what we wanted to read or hear. Uh, this report from Schefter came out after we heard from head coach Ron Rivera on Thursday. Uh, Ron on Thursday morning did a pre-practice press conference, did provide some injury reports, but did not address the Terry McLaurin injury. Uh, Ron also opened up about cutdown day, which is coming up. Uh, it is by this Tuesday, August 29th at 4 p.m. Eastern that each NFL team must cut its active roster to no more than 53 players. I'll take you through and react to what Ron had to say about that. But next segment, we're going to talk commander's defense off defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio doing a post-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Jack addressed a number of players, including corner Emmanuel Forbes, defensive back Quad Martin, linebacker 
Jamin Davis, and edge defender Andre Jones Jr., who is perhaps the latest NFL draft day three defensive player steal for Washington during Jack's time as the team's defensive coordinator. Uh, Jack did talk about this uh, penchant that the team has had for uh, later round defensive player hits in NFL drafts. Uh, Also on the show, I have a lot for you on the Nationals. What a wild last six days for the Nats. All kinds of stuff going on. And we on Thursday afternoon had yet another Nats win, but also major Nats news. So the win was a 6-5 win at the New York Yankees as the Nats improved to 21-11 and over their last 32 games. But the major news was that starting pitcher Steven Strasburg reportedly has decided to retire. Uh, I think that we all saw this coming, given how his career has just been ruined by thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, But still, this news hit hard. He's not the best Nats player since the franchise moved to Washington, D.C. in the 2004-2005 offseason, but he is the most clutch Nats player since the franchise came here. 2019 World Series MVP, quantifiably one of the best postseason pitchers in MLB history. Uh, They're also with Strasburg, of course, is the contract, the seven-year, $245 million albatross. Uh, Have the Nats owners, the learners, and Strasburg's agent, Scott Boris, reached a buyout agreement. A big Nats segment later in the show. And I will talk Orioles, the American League leading Orioles. A 5-3 win over the Toronto Blue Jays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Thursday night to conclude a 10-3 regular season against the Blue Jays and to get to 31 games above 500 in a regular season for the first time since September 2014. We have a phrase for all of this. That phrase, yes, is Orioles magic. The magic of Orioles baseball. Orioles magic. Feel it happen. Orioles magic. Feel it happen. Yes, thank you, Orioles Magic. Please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. can be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you for doing them. Uh, you can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Scott S., on Commander's quarterback Sam Howell off our recent conversations about Sam, about our QB1, uh, including on Thursday's show, episode 641, in which we talked about Ron Rivera in a pre-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, indicating that the team has a franchise quarterback in Sam. Quote, we feel very strongly, I know I do, going into this season, that we've got a guy End quote. Right, Scott? I think that we can be both excited for what Howell has done so far and not be ready to anoint him as a franchise quarterback until he shows us what he can do in the regular season consistently. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Scott. Uh, That is totally reasonable. A tweet from John on the commander's quarterback hierarchy. Writes John, Jacoby Brissett was an $8 million insurance policy in case Sam Howell was not ready. Sam has proven ready. And now I feel that if the team has any belief in Jake Fromm's upside, he should be the number two quarterback because there is no long-term upside with Brissett. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, John. Interesting thought. Uh, I do wonder how much upside the commanders believe that Jake Fromm truly has. Uh, Fromm was taken by the Buffalo Bills in the fifth round of the 2020 NFL Draft out of Georgia. So yeah, Fromm, like Sam Howell, a fifth round pick. Uh, Fromm was a really good quarterback for Georgia 2017 through 2019. 
He has spent time uh, with the Bills, the New York Giants, and the Commanders. They initially signed from last October 18th, signed him to their practice squad. The idea with Jacoby Brissett, to me, should be if the Commanders are doing well and then Sam Howell gets hurt, the Commanders' season is not sunk because Jacoby can't play. He last season did a really nice job for the Cleveland Browns during quarterback Deshaun Watson's 11-game suspension. But otherwise, yeah, I'm not that interested in Jacoby playing for the Commanders this coming season. I want Sam Howell as the team's QB1 for the entirety of the season. And if the team is bad, I still want Sam as the team's QB1. But if the team is bad and then Sam gets hurt, it probably would make sense to just play Jake Fromm because then the team could bottom out uh, and or maybe find that it has something in Fromm. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a very good QB too, but he's a veteran quarterback on a one-year contract. He would not seem to be a road to much of anywhere for the commanders. Tweet from Brian Young on the nature of the NFL preseason, writes Brian, for those who say that preseason doesn't mean anything, I totally disagree. It instills confidence for the whole team. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Brian. A good preseason, especially for a young NFL team, can instill confidence in the team. But there just has not been shown to be any correlation between a team's preseason performance and regular season performance. And a good example of this is the greatest team in Redskins history, the 1991 Super Bowl champion skins. Uh, They, in the 1991 preseason, went 1-3. They, in the 1991 regular season, went 14-2 and and then steamrolled through the NFC playoffs and then won the Super Bowl. But, you know, that was a veteran team, a young team, especially a young team with a young starting quarterback. Uh, Yeah, a good preseason can generate some confidence. I don't think uh, that that's ridiculous. And if you have been harmed by the negligence of someone else, or if someone who you care about has been harmed by the negligence of someone else, uh, you can have confidence in the law firm of Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that is always ready to fight for you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Ace provides a passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Ace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Ace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Uh, how about this? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yeah, Paulson and Ace has taken on Big Pharma and won. Uh, Clifton versus Georgetown University Hospital, a $50 million verdict for a young mother injured during childbirth. Uh, Bradley versus the United States of America, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. Uh, This to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government (laughs) and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. Well, the commanders on Thursday conducted a practice that began around 1130 a.m., was moved up 
from the uh, previously scheduled start time of 1.15 p.m. Uh, the Commanders will conclude their 2023 preseason with a game against the Cincinnati Bengals at FedEx Field Saturday evening at 6.05. Commanders defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, he on Thursday afternoon did a post-practice press conference. Among the many things that uh, our guy Jack, our guy JDR, uh, talked about was how the team's top two picks in the 2023 NFL Draft are doing. Corner Emmanuel Forbes, who the team took with the number 16 overall pick in defensive back Quan Martin, who the team took in the second round. Uh, Forbes had a good training camp and has made an impressive tackling play in each of the commander's first two games this preseason. The preseason opening win at the Cleveland Browns on August 11th, the Browns' first offensive drive of the game resulted in a first quarter turnover on downs, thanks in part to Emmanuel Forbes. The 11th snap of that drive on a third and goal at the one. Forbes and safety Cameron Curl teamed up to tackle running back slash receiver Demetric Felton Jr. for no gain on an under center handoff run. The 29-28 win over the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field this past Monday night. Ravens' second offensive drive resulted in a first quarter three and out. Third snap of the drive on a third and one for the Ravens at their 34. Forbes, a solo tackle on running back Melvin Gordon on a shotgun toss run for no gain. We are perhaps seeing the concerns about the weight of Emmanuel Forbes being put to rest. The commanders on their website list Forbes at 180 pounds. Uh, Forbes, this past March 3rd at the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine, registered a weight of just 166 pounds. He at the Mississippi State Pro Day this past March 28th, registered a weight of 170 pounds. But as our friend, commanders analyst and former Redskins corner Fred Smoot said on episode 618 of this podcast about Emmanuel Forbes, who, like Fred went to Mississippi State. When they can't hate on your game, they hate on your frame. When they can't hate on your game, they'll hate on your frame. <laughs> that is correct, Fred. When they can't hate on your game, they hate on your frame. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes may be thin, but he isn't small. Uh, he at that 2023 combine also measured as being six feet and three fourths of an inch and is having a wingspan of 79 inches. He has size. He just doesn't have much mass, although he is putting on mass. Additionally, Forbes over three seasons at Mississippi State 2020 through 2022 never missed a game due to injury. He played in 36 of a possible 37 games and the one game that he missed, he did not miss due to injury. Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon on how Emmanuel Forbes is coming along, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. Yeah, I think he's doing just that, coming along, um, working, um, getting comfortable within the scheme and things we're asking him to do, and uh, communicating with his teammates. So, showed up a couple times, you know, he's going to have to do that, you know, when corners cracker place is is called on and him showing up he's done that in each of the games so that that's encouraging that's that was one of the questions marks that he had to answer um that was good and um yeah so working like the rest of us did you still have any doubt that he nope no this had to be verified um and i'm you know that's just that's just part of it so for anybody that's out there Yes, it is. Now, Emmanuel Forbes in the win over the Ravens also had a bad play. Uh, the third offensive snap of the game, Forbes had a missed tackle on receiver Zay Flowers on a second and 10, 11-yard reception. And that drive resulted in former Skins quarterback Josh Johnson's first quarter, first and 10, 26-yard under center play action touchdown pass to Flowers, who made Quan Martin miss on an attempted tackle and generating 23 yards after the catch. Quan Martin, over the first two games of this preseason for the Commanders, has been mixed. That's okay. Uh, he, on Monday night, did bounce back from that missed tackle uh, to have an interception. Uh, the Ravens' third offensive drive happened in the second quarter, the 10th snap of the drive on a second and three for the Ravens at the Commanders' 21. Quan Martin made an end zone interception of a shotgun pass by Josh Johnson, intended for receiver James Prochet II, as Quan snatched the ball off it going off Prochet, uh, and then Quan generated a 59-yard return, although Quan on the play uh, did get beat 
by Prochet. The ball was underthrown. Uh, Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon on Quan Morton, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider John Keim of ESPN. Yeah, Quan, Quan's been outstanding, really. Um, he's had some some errors that were noticeable, but he doesn't make the same mistake twice. You know, he's a uh, he's, he's a guy that's been a lot thrown at him, and uh, I think he's handled it very well. And I like I like the way he approaches things. He's a he's a good young man that works hard, cares a lot, and um, yeah, he's he's being exposed to a lot. So he's 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 had a couple uh, couple mishaps, but he's he's doing a good job growing in the system. After, like, for example, after the touchdown the other day, where it looks like, you know, the receiver came from the first touchdown. Simple leverage, yep. So, so what is, what is, do you, when you, what's the process for you talking to him after that? And what, how quickly do you know that he's got? Yeah. After Yeah, well. <laughs> Next day when we had a correct correction, or two days later when we had a correction period, you know, and we gloved it up like it should have been, it was really a non-play. And um, miscommunication between he and Forbes, and, um, you know, you saw the result. A uh, gifted receiver got open in space, and it wasn't a great finish for us. So that's a great learning experience. I would, I would uh, anticipate that he not make that kind of mistake again, and... Um, so I think when you see that, when he sees that, it kind of slows down. Oh, I saw this. This is the experience I had. I, I need to communicate this to my buddy, and then and this is how we play it. And so those kind of things are, are what we're doing. We're growing. We're learning. We're, we're trying to teach and develop, and, um, and that's just part of the process. So Emmanuel Forbes playing a lot in the 2023 regular season seems like a certainty. It's going to be interesting to see how much Quad Martin plays in the upcoming regular season. The opportunity would seem to be there for him to play a lot. Quad Martin very much offers uh, what uh, head coach Rod Rivera, we know, loves very much position flex, uh, including extensive experience in the slot. Quan in his 2022 season for Illinois for Pro Football Focus totaled 493 defensive snaps in the slot, 177 defensive snaps as a deep safety, 75 defensive snaps as an outside corner, and 44 defensive snaps in the box. Additionally, Quan in his 2021 season for Illinois per PFF totaled 431 defensive snaps in the slot. Uh, who will be the commander's number one slot guy, their number one nickel this coming regular season? Quarter Benjamin St. Juice seems like he could be that guy, even though uh, the thinking with him has been that he is best as an outside corner. The problem is that you can say that about each of the team's top three corners, St. Juice, Emmanuel Forbes, and Kendall Fuller. So I do think that there is an opportunity for Quan Morton to be the commander's number one slot guy, although maybe not from the start of the regular season. Uh, He does need to demonstrate some more consistency. Uh, Another young commander's defensive player who Jack Del Rio talked about on Thursday afternoon was linebacker Jamin Davis. Uh, Remember Jack early in the 2022 regular season publicly called out Jamin to be better. Uh, Rod Rivera did the same thing and Jamin did end up being better. Him getting called out pretty clearly was part of a strategy to get him to play better. We on Thursday's show, episode 641, hit on uh, Jamin's uh, current legal situation with the reckless driving. Keep this in mind, too, with Jamin Davis. He, deep into the 2023 offseason, underwent minor knee surgery. Uh, Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon on how Jamin is doing. Uh, he's been he's been pretty solid. I think... Um... He's playing catch up a little bit uh, with the offseason and the surgery happening later than than he would have liked, I would have liked. Um, but working through that part, uh, he's putting in some good work and um, it's really a matter of remaining focused every down and urgent every down. And uh, when he's doing those things, he's a good football player. Jamin Davis entering his uh, third NFL season of Washington, taking him with the number 19 overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. When it comes to the draft, Washington operates now four NFL drafts with Rod Rivera as head coach in the uh, coach-centric approach. And with Jack Del Rio as defensive coordinator, has demonstrated an ability in the later rounds of drafts to find defensive players who end up being contributors, if not more. Uh, Safety Cameron Curl, 2020 seventh round pick. Edge defender James Smith-Williams, 2020 
seventh round pick. Safety Derek Forrest, 2021 fifth round pick. Corner Kristen Holmes, 2022 seventh round pick. Heck, this guy Andre Jones Jr., who has been making plays and standing out. Uh, He's an edge defender who the team took in the seventh round of the 2023 draft. Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon on if he finds himself rooting for defensive players who are later round draft picks to do well. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider J.P. Findlay of NBC4. Not not really. Um, Historically, I've been pretty fair about letting guys compete and earn their spot. I go all the way back to Jacksonville. We had uh, the ninth running back in named Montel Owens. He had no spot, no chance, and then he was just so good on special teams that we found a place for him on the football team. Um, Guys come out of nowhere all the time. If you're open-minded, let guys compete, let them work, let them show you who they are. Um, How you get selected or where you get selected doesn't really matter when you get here. It's what you do with the opportunity once you're here. uh, Andre's done a nice job competing. You know, and uh, he's grown. He's gotten. He's made improvements. He's still got a long way to go, but uh, I'm encouraged by the way he's, you know, come into camp and been very, very uh, workmanlike. What does that do for kind of the, the, the psyche of the roster when they guys know the UDFAs and the guy that just signed a fat second contract? Everybody's got to come in and get yeah, ready. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we we like to have a a culture here where you you know you get what you earn, and um, you know we're gonna. We're going to reward those that do the things we're looking for. And uh, it doesn't matter how you enter. So um, I think that part has been pretty good for us. Yes, it has been. So with this guy, Andre Jones Jr., the preseason opening win at the Browns on August 11th, Jones had a tackle for loss and a quarterback hit. The win over the Ravens at FedEx Field this past Monday night. Jones on the second snap of the fourth quarter on a first and goal at the three, teamed with edge defender K.J. Henry to tackle running back Owen Wright for a five-yard loss on a shotgun handoff run. Again, Jones has been making plays and standing out. Jack Del Rio on Thursday afternoon on what he has been looking for from Andre Jones Jr. Every position's different, right? Calls on different things. So he's playing the edge for us and an edge defender. You you know, you're looking for a little juice as a pass rusher. You're looking for the ability to set a firm vertical edge for us in our in our run fronts. And um, you know, he's done those things. Now he in college he was upright and in a two point stance most of the time. So you know, getting in a stance and taking on blocks was was and coming out of a three point stance. that's that's been you know an area where he had to grow and he has so again just all of our guys you know working on the techniques the things we're looking to do the fundamentals of how we do it and um and letting them go out and cut loose and let their natural talent show well the emergence of andre jones jr also is notable for this reason so many commanders edge defenders are set to be unrestricted free agents in the 2024 offseason montez sweat Chase Young, F.A. Obata, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, William Bradley King, all of these guys are set to be unrestricted free agents next offseason. This is part of why signing Montez to a contract extension now would make sense, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of momentum in that direction. We'll see. Maybe talks are happening and they're just being kept quiet. But when it comes to uh, long-term roster planning, uh, you do wonder what the thinking from the team internally is right now at Edge Defender. Well, if you have a big event that you are planning uh, and you want that event to go well, know that Catering by Uptown can handle your needs. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown, it is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Uh, Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding 
your expectations. Whether you're having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit CateringByUptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. Uh, no experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit CateringByUptown.com. That's CateringByUptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now on the Commanders with their 2023 preseason finale on Saturday evening, home to the Cincinnati Bengals at 6.05. Head coach Rod Rivera on Thursday morning did a pre-practice press conference during which he provided injury updates and also revealed some new injuries. Uh, Turns out that corner Kendall Fuller is dealing with knee soreness and receiver Dax Milne is dealing with a groin injury. So you can add uh, those items to receiver Terry McLaurin dealing with a toe injury and tight end Logan Thomas dealing with a calf injury and edge defender Chase Young dealing with a stinger and interior defensive lineman Fedarian Mathis dealing with a calf injury and punter Tress Way coming off lower back tightness. Tress, by the way, is expected to be the commander's punter on Saturday evening. Uh, Ron on Thursday morning did say that he does not believe that any of the current injuries to key commander's players are bad enough to impact those guys being on the team's initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Speaking of that initial 53-man roster, uh, this Tuesday is the cut down to 53. It is by this Tuesday, August 29th at 4 p.m. Eastern that each NFL team must cut its active roster to no more than 53 players. And then the next day, Wednesday, August 30th, each NFL team could assemble a practice squad of up to 16 players. Here was Ron Rivera on Thursday morning on the process by which the commanders will arrive at their initial 53-man roster for the 2023 season. What we're going to do is, after the game, we'll meet as a coaching staff and and, and we'll talk specifically about each player, um, you know, uh, where they fit, how they fit, uh, and what the situation circumstances are for each guy. Um, And then myself and the coordinators are going to sit down and and we will uh, meet with, uh, with Marty and the personnel staff and Martin, and we'll discuss where we are, um, how, how the coaches feel about it. Uh, we'll listen to their take on everybody, uh, each individual, and then we'll discuss, you know, by posi- position, the number. You know, um, what, what usually happens is we usually start with a high number on each position, and then we whittle it down. You know, as an example, and this is not what we're, the number, but let's say you start with the offensive line. You say, oh, we got 14 guys that should make it. And then you say, oh, well, this guy, that guy, you know, maybe not. But is he practice squad eligible or is he a candidate, a good candidate for it? And then we'll move that, those guys over here to this practice squad spot. And then we'll go to the next position. And then let's say we have seven tight ends. And we say, well, we've got four we're really good with. But we really like one guy. We're going to move over here. And so that's how we'll do it. And then when we finish with the 53, then we'll look at how many we had in the practice squad, and then we'll whittle that down saying, oh, you know, we need to keep three extra offensive linemen, one tight end, one running back, um, and four receivers. And then we need to keep this amount here. And again, these are just random numbers I'm just pulling right now, so don't say that's what I'm going to do. And so that's how we'll do that. That's how we'll formulate the practice squad. Yeah, the practice squad is key. We so often talk about the 53-man roster. That is the active roster. What an NFL team essentially has is a 69-man roster, 53 active players and 16 practice squad players. And over the course of a regular season, there for every team is a ton of movement of players from the practice squad to the active roster. This was Rod Rivera on Thursday morning on the significance of an NFL team now being allowed to have as many as 16 players on its practice squad. Uh, The practice squad limit has seen uh, itself go from 5 to 10 to 12 to now 16. I think it's it's a great uh, tool that we've now created um, because one of the things that – that, that, that you would love to have is you would really help to have some sort of developmental league. You know, we had it with the, um, 
with the um, um, the um, international football um, that we used to do, and we really don't have it now that that the NFL has a close tie to. Now there's the USFL out there, and the XFL, and there's several of those graduates or former players that are on rosters and people are looking at and saying, man, it's a good thing they had a chance to play because you could see it. Um, you know, and, and we have a couple guys that, that, that played in those leagues that are on our roster and they've caught in our attention as well. So um, being able to keep extra guys, not only does it give you a, um, you know, a, um, a bank of players ready to go in case something happens because you can pop a guy up on uh, you know going into Saturday and have him ready if just in case somebody's ill or something like that or you you need a guy for another position because there's an emergency you get him ready get him set Saturday as a pop up and come Sunday you use him and you've been able to train him that whole time you know when I think it was only six at one time or five whatever that number was and it was hard and you were signing guys right off the street to come in and play um, and they hadn't been practicing or doing anything, so that, that was difficult. With 16 now, you can project it. You can almost say, hey, you know, we have, we have um, you know, we'll, we'll keep a certain number of offensive linemen, and you may have a couple of guys at one position get hurt, and you may pull them up. I, I remember two years ago, we got all the way down to our seventh center, and, you know, there was a pop-up, and we used them in the game. But we used, you know, it's crazy. We had that many injuries, but we got to seven centers. So I think it's been a very good tool. It's been a very helpful tool that helps us, you know, still be able to put a good product on the field, put a good team on the field so our fans can watch a good game. I agree with Ron Rivera on the developmental league thing. I've talked about this. What I think would be really good would be if each NFL team had an affiliate in, say, the XFL. And so we as Commanders fans could truly get interested in an XFL team. Like, let's say the D.C. Defenders were the XFL affiliate of the Commanders. And we, in watching the Defenders, were watching Commanders prospects, including guys from the practice squad. I think that that would be interesting. I think that that would be compelling. And I think that NFL teams would be very well served uh, to have developmental teams. Uh, what goes into an NFL team's cut down to 53 is always interesting to think about. How much back and forth is there between, say, an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator? How much are position coaches lobbying for their players? Uh, this was Ron Rivera on Thursday morning on the internal dynamic for the cut down to 53. It's a, um, it, it's an interesting conversation because some guys get very, very passionate and other guys, you know, are, are very calm. And, you know, you so you, but you can't read into who's more passionate, who's who, who can be calm about it. Um, and I think that's, you know, the um, th- that is the difference. It's just, you know, we understand everybody wants to keep their guys as many as they can. But we also have a number we've got to hit. And that's 53. Now, things in the NFL with cuts are different this year. There is only one cut down, the cut down to 53. We, in years past, have had a variety of arrangements for cut downs, uh, but this year, just one cut down, the cut down to 53. Ron Rivera on Thursday morning on if he likes having just one cut down. Yes, I think it's an excellent idea. I'm really glad they did that because what it does for us is obviously, you know, we will be able to, to hold some guys out specifically. Um, and but we also know that we have enough guys to get through the game and have a good game. You know that's that's always been the concern is that that last game is isn't the type of game that um, you know I think that, that that people really want to come see. But now that we're able to keep a bigger number of guys, um, you know, and, and really one of the things you tell these young guys too is you may not play a lot in the second game, but just understand that third game you're going to play your butt off, so you got to get ready and. We've had a few guys that have taken that to heart, and you've seen them. They've done the extra reps. They're doing the extra film study, which is really good, and that'll be something that'll be taken into consideration is that they understand just how important it is. You know, I really appreciated what Coach Harbaugh said about that game um, on Monday night. People didn't think it was important. Just watch the way it ended. It was important to a lot of those young men that get out on the football field and get their opportunity. Well, this game is very important to those to that group of young men that are competing for that last opportunity. And, and you know, they're going to live and die with, with the results. 
um, because for a lot of them it will be indicative of, of, of helping sway our decision making one way or the other. Rod Rivera, the commander's head coach, in the coach-centric approach. A lot for him to be thinking about with this uh, cut down to 53 coming up. Uh, As for the commander's preseason game against the Bengals at FedEx Field on Saturday evening, uh, the game, of course, will be a showcase of commander's backups. Uh, This is Ron Rivera on Thursday morning on the position groups that he'll be most focused on in this game. Um, I mean, honestly, we watch them all. I mean, you realize there's, there's... not one group or the other that you have to you you really gotta but there are a couple of them that that we want to we do have questions on we're going to keep the questions um you know and and a young man like a ricky stromberg you know who's who's really excelled at both positions right now for us at center and guard and he's a guy that's really helping us clean up a lot of our decision making because you know um he's, he's 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 as good as advertised as far as we're concerned so we feel comfortable about him um you know we'll watch Quan and see you know he uh, he, he had a good first game outing uh, he made a couple mistakes the last game and we want to see him correct those mistakes so we'll pay a little more attention to him because he's a guy that we're going to count on that's going to contribute to us this year and so you know there are some young guys that we will focus on for that primary reason because they're guys that we believe are going to contribute so Ron Rivera again talked up Ricky Stromberg. Uh, Ron, during his pre-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon, got asked about the left guard competition, Sadiq Charles versus Chris Paul. Praised both guys, but Ron very early in his answer brought up Ricky Stromberg. Uh, Ricky Stromberg, a center who the team took in the third round of the 2023 NFL Draft out of Arkansas. He has been working at guard a good bit lately, and he pretty clearly is uh, standing out to Ron Rivera. Hey, being a fan of Washington, D.C. area teams is stressful enough. (laughs) Buying tickets to games for our teams should not be stressful. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. Game Time offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee so you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. Uh, The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. I was just on game time looking at tickets for Commander's Games this coming season. A lot of good deals. And the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting easy. Uh, Game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Game time is the app for last minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game time also offers flash deals on tickets and Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with a Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what you do download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this promo code Al Galdi. You use that promo code Al Galdi, you get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code Al Galdi. For $20 off your first purchase. What time is it? It's game time. <laughs> Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Boy, has this turned out to be some week for the Nationals. A lot going on. Uh, Sunday night, the Nats won a neutral side game on ESPN. A 4-3 win over the National League wildcard leading Philadelphia Phillies at Muncie Bank Ballpark and historic Bowman Field in Williamsport, Pennsylvania in the 2023 MLB Little League Classic. Monday afternoon, we had major Nats news, multiple reports that the Nats and manager Davey Martinez had agreed on a two-year contract extension that includes a third-year option and that the Nats and president of baseball operations and general manager Mike Rizzo were close to finalizing a contract extension of similar length. Uh, The Nats on Tuesday morning officially announced, having agreed with Davey on a multi-year contract extension. We are still waiting on an official announcement regarding Mike. Uh, Also on Tuesday, a number of promotions of significant prospects in the Nats minor league system became official. Then came a three-game series for the Nats at the New York Yankees, including a 9-1 loss on Wednesday night in a game in which Outfielder Stone Garrett suffered a gruesome injury. The Nats on Thursday morning did place Garrett on the 10-day injured list with what is being called a fractured left fibula. And then came Thursday afternoon, during which the Nats overcame a 3-1 seventh inning deficit to win at the Yankees, 6-5 to win the series two games to one, but also on Thursday afternoon was more big Nats news. Multiple reports that Nat starting pitcher Steven Strasburg has decided to retire. Uh, this has turned into quite the week for the Nats. Uh, much more on the Strasburg news in a bit. But yeah, the Nats won two or three games at the Yankees. I'm proud of the boys. Yeah, Davey Martinez and the boys, uh, they now are 21 and 11. Over their last 32 games, the Nats now have won four consecutive series and six of the team's last seven series. And the Nats for this 2023 regular season now are 59 and 69. Uh, how about how this 6-5 win at the Yankees on Thursday afternoon ended? Uh, reliever Kyle Finnegan came into the game in the bottom of the eighth with a runner on second, two outs, and the Nats nursing a 5-4 lead, and he got a big strikeout. He struck out pinch hitter Jake Bowers looking on eight pitches for the third out. Uh, then in the top of the ninth, the Nats scored a run on a Joey Manessis two-out bases-loaded RBI infield single to the left side of the infield for a 6-4 Nats lead. Uh, Manessis in this game as the Nats starting DH and number three batter went one for five, but boy, did that one hit prove to be big because then Finnegan in the bottom of the ninth in a pouring rain allowed a run on three singles, but center fielder Alex Call made an awkward catch, but did make the catch uh, of a deep fly ball by Harrison Bader to end the game. The boys found a way to win. The Scrappy Nats found a way to win. The Scrappy Nats also found a way to homer. Uh, the Nats on Thursday afternoon in a four-run seventh got home runs from C.J. Abrams and Alex Cole. Uh, C.J. Abrams, he is an ad starting shortstop and number one batter, went two for five with a solo homer and an infield single. Abrams in that Nats four-run seventh had a two-out full count solo homer to right field for a 5-3 Nats lead. The homer concluded an eight-pitch plate appearance in which Abrams was down in the count at one point, one-two, and Abrams very much pimped <laughs> the home run, including flipping his bat toward the Nats dugout. This is becoming a thing with Abrams, him pimping his home runs. Uh, And in fact, Davey Martinez was not thrilled about this uh, from C.J. Abrams. Here was Davey during his post-game session with reporters on Thursday afternoon on a conversation that he had with Abrams after his home run. Yeah, you know, you know, one, uh, as I always say, you know, uh, my conversation will never, it will stay in the circle. Um, But I I definitely want to teach these guys how to play the game the right way. Um, You know, 
that that's a good team. No matter what they say, that's a good team. We we don't want we don't want to wake up sleeping giants. We don't, you know. And um, you know, so we, we just want to go about our business. And, and you know, I was proud of him for having a good at bat, and uh, and he's been playing well. Um, but some things we get, some things I I got to be able to control. Understood. Uh, personally, I like when players pimp home runs. I think that that's fun. Uh, but I get where Davey Martinez is coming from on that. Uh, also for Abrams on Thursday afternoon, he and the Nats, uh, one run ninth, had a two-out infield single to the right side of the infield on an 0-2 pitch. Some good hitting from C.J. Abrams in this game. And then Alex Cole, he is the Nats starting center fielder and number nine batter, went two for three with a two-run homer and a single. Cole in that Nats four-run seventh had a two-out, two-run homer to left center field for a 4-3 Nats lead. The homer went a projected 411 feet for StatCast. What a shot by Cole. He has not had a good season as a batter, but he does have some power in terms of being able to hit uh, home runs that actually go uh, for pretty respectable distances. Uh, we have seen that, and we did see that uh, on that home run. Uh, also, Cole in the Nats, one run ninth, had a two-out single through the left side of the infield. Also want to give props to two other Nats position players, Carter Keeboom and Jake Alou. Uh, Keeboom as an Nats starting third baseman and number five batter, went two for four with a double and a single. And Alou as an Nats starting left fielder and number eight Matter, went two for three with an RBI single, another single, and a walk. And each of those things came in a run scoring inning for the Nats. Uh, Alou in the Nats, one run third, drew a leadoff seven pitch walk despite having been down in the count at 1.12. Alou in the Nats, four run seventh, had a two out first pitch RBI single up the middle to cut the Nats deficit to 3 2. And Alou in the Nats, one run ninth. Had a one-out single to right center field, although he then was uh, thrown out in his attempt to stretch the single into a double. Uh, the Nats starting pitcher in this 6-5 win at the Yankees on Thursday afternoon was Patrick Corbin. A solid outing for him. Uh, he allowed three runs in six innings. He gave up seven hits, two home runs, two doubles, and three singles. He issued three walks and a wild pitch, but he also recorded seven strikeouts. He threw 93 pitches, 54 strikes versus 39 balls. Uh, Corbin in the bottom of the first a ladder run on a one-out first pitch opposite field solo homer by who else? Aaron Judge <laughs> to right center field for a one-nothing Yankees lead. The homer went a projected 421 feet per stat cast and was Judge's fourth home run in five plate appearances over his last two games against the Nats. And Corbin in the bottom of the third allowed two runs on a leadoff five-pitch walk of DJ LeMayhew and a one-out two-run homer by Glaber Torres to left field for a 3-1 Yankees lead. But Corbin gave the Nats six innings. He, for this 2023 regular season, has not been good. 26 starts, ERA a 470, but he has been a lot better than he was the previous two seasons. And he does lead the Nats by quite a bit in innings pitched, 149 and a third innings pitched. Uh, and also with the Nats bullpen on Thursday afternoon, Hunter Harvey tossed a scoreless bottom of the seventh, but Jordan Weems allowed a run in two-thirds of an inning. He had a one-run Yankees eighth, faced four batters, but got just two outs. Weems gave up a leadoff home run by John Carlos Stanton to right center field to cut the Nats lead to 5-4. The homer went a projected 417 feet for stat cast, and Weems gave up a two-out full count double by Everson Pereira to left field, despite him having been down in the count at 1.12. But the Nats won. The boys prevailed. Uh, here was Davey Martinez during his postgame session with reporters on Thursday afternoon. No, it's it's awesome. You know, resilience. That's what these guys are. You know, and um, you know, the fact that what happened yesterday with Stone and uh, and the, the comeback and um, and do what we did and, and come back the way we did says a lot about these boys and what they what they think about their teammates. You know, they I know they they really want to win today, and uh, I think it was more for for the teammates. So um, it was a great win. And Finnegan once again locked the door down. You know, we expected a lot from him, and he, he did the job. But you know, Patrick didn't give in. He gave us six strong innings, which helped a lot. So uh, we got big we got big runs late. Um, call you know, uh, Alou won the bat really well. So you know, the, the boys played really, really well. But they played hard. Yes, they did. Uh, all right, now to Steven Strasburg. Uh, so Thursday afternoon, multiple reports that Steven Strasburg has decided to retire. Uh, the news, of course, is not surprising, but the news is very significant. Just to catch up on Strasburg, he has spent 
the entire 2023 regular season on the 60-day injured list uh, due to his continued recovery from thoracic outlet syndrome, for which he underwent surgery on July 28, 2021, more than two years ago. Uh, nothing has gone well for Strasburg professionally since he signed the contract. And when I say the contract, uh, what I am talking about is maybe the single worst contract in North American sports history, okay, a seven-year, $245 million contract to which he was re-signed in December 2019 off having opted out of his previous contract. And of course, the opt-out came off him having won 2019 World Series MVP. It is not Steven Strasburg's fault that this contract has been an absolute disaster, but when you talk about production per dollar, this contract is one of the worst contracts of all time. Uh, And I think that it may be the worst contract of all time in terms of pro sports uh, in North America. Uh, Steven Strasburg in the 2020 regular season made just two major league starts. He on August 26, 2020, underwent surgery to alleviate carpal tunnel neuritis in his right hand. Strasburg in the 2021 regular season made just five major league starts. He on July 28, 2021, underwent the surgery to address thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, And Strasburg in the 2022 regular season made just one major league start. He had a 7-4 loss at the Miami Marlins on June 9, 2022, allowed seven runs in four and two-thirds innings, and then just five days later, June 14, 2022, the Nats put Strasburg on the 15-day injured list, retroactive to June 11, 2022, with a stress reaction of the ribs, and the Nats on July 14, 2022, transferred Strasburg to the 60-day injured list. And since then, uh, we have had four major updates on Steven Strasburg. Uh, September 16, 2022, a piece by Nats insider Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post on Strasburg, who in the piece admitted that he was uncertain whether he would ever pitch in a game again. Uh, then Davey Martinez in a press conference this past February 15th. What was the day of the first workout for pitchers and catchers at 2023 National Spring Training at West Palm Beach, Florida? Uh, revealed that Strasburg had been shut down due to a recurrence of nerve pain. Uh, the recurrence had happened off just a second bullpen session. Uh, then Jesse Doherty this past June 3rd came out with a report painting a really grim picture for Strasburg. Uh, the report stated that Strasburg, per three people familiar with the situation, had been completely shut down from physical activity again and was dealing with, quote, severe nerve damage, end quote. Uh, this also was the report that told us that the Nats, according to four people within the organization, did not have any disability insurance on the Strasburg seven-year $245 million contract. And now, We have the multiple reports on Thursday afternoon that Strasburg is retiring. What happens with the contract is going to be fascinating. But, you know, maybe I should say what has happened with the contract is fascinating because the contract may have been resolved. That may be why this news got out on Thursday afternoon. Obviously, a buyout has been in order. Uh, Strasburg's agent is the notorious super agent, Scott Boris, and the Nats are owned by the learners who are notorious for driving hard bargains. I mean, what is the appropriate cost of the buyout of the Steven Strasburg contract? 60 cents on the dollar? 70 cents on the dollar? 80 cents on the dollar? How do you figure that out? Uh, and the contract is guaranteed. And the learners don't have disability insurance on the contract. So it would seem that Boris had a lot of leverage here, but uh, who knows exactly how uh, these talks have gone. I do hope that there is a way in which Steven Strasburg can get a proper goodbye at Nationals Park. I'm not sure how. uh, I'm not sure when. I'm not sure even if he really wants that. But he deserves a proper goodbye. He's one of the best clutch performers in Washington, D.C. sports history. Never mind Nats history or D.C. baseball history. Understand, Steven Strasburg in his postseason career, nine games, including eight starts, 55 and a third innings, an ERA of 146, a whip of 0.94, 71 strikeouts. 
versus eight walks. And by the way, that is his legacy more than the contract. His greatness in the postseason, 2019 World Series MVP. He's one of the best postseason pitchers in MLB history. Number one overall pick in the 2009 MLB draft. He, in a lot of ways, was the face of the Nats becoming good. And his Major League regular season debut will never be forgotten by Nats fans. June 8th, 2010, a 5-2 Nats win over the Pittsburgh Pirates at Nationals Park. Strasburg was sensational. Two runs in seven innings, 14 strikeouts versus no walks. What a night that was. Uh, Is it a shame that Strasburg's career is ending this way? Absolutely. Uh, Is it a shame that Strasburg was injured as often as he was? Absolutely. Would you have liked for more regular season volume from Strasburg, no doubt. But the guy has a lot to be proud of. Uh, Next up for the Nats, a three-game series at the Miami Marlins. Game one, Friday evening at 6.40. Yoan Adone will be the Nats starting pitcher. Game two, Saturday afternoon at 4.10. Jake Irvin will be the Nats starting pitcher. And game three, Sunday afternoon at 1.40. Trevor Williams will be the Nats starting pitcher. Well, the Orioles now are in a place that they had not been since September 2014. That place is 31 games above 500 in a regular season. Thursday night, a 5-3 win over the Toronto Blue Jays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards in a game for which the start was delayed for an hour and 10 minutes due to rain. Uh, But the O's in the game overcame a 2-0 fourth inning deficit and got back Joe Angel in the win column. And the Orioles again in the win column. (laughs) Yes, sir, Joe, the win column. Uh, Now, the Tampa Bay Rays on Thursday afternoon did win uh, a 5-3 win over the National League worst Colorado Rockies to complete a three-game sweep. So the O's in this regular season now are 79-48, and best record in the American League. Uh, And the O's do remain two games ahead of the Rays for that best record in the American League and for first place in the American League East. But how about this? The O's on Thursday night ramped up a 10-3 and regular season against the Blue Jays. 13 games against the Jays for the O's in this 2023 regular season. The O's over those 13 games went 10-3. and The O's this season dominated the Jays. Uh, here was O's manager Brandon Hyde during his postgame press conference on Thursday night. They're a great team, and we're a lot better team than we were in the past. And um, you know, we're more talented. We have better pitching. We have Felix Batista at the end, and some really, really good young players. And so we're able to pitch to them now a lot better than we, we did in the past. Um, but that's still a really dangerous team, and like I've said before, a great bullpen and really good pitching staff. Well, the Orioles starting pitching on Thursday night was terrific. Uh, A tremendous outing by Kyle Gibson. He allowed three runs in eight innings with eight strikeouts versus one walk. Uh, He gave up just six hits, a solo homer, two doubles, and three singles. He threw a good number of strikes, 95 pitches, 61 strikes versus 34 balls. Uh, Gibson was coming off back-to-back bad outings, but he, in facing a good hitting team in the Blue Jays, did very well. Uh, Brandon Hyde during his post-game presser on Thursday night on Kyle Gibson. That's his best start of the year. I know he gave out three runs, but to go eight, inning, eight innings against those guys, he got a rally there in the fourth a little bit, only gave up a two-run spot, and then a solo homer to belt. Pitches a score of the seventh and a score of the eighth on a night that Cano, Cano and Webb both went back to back and it'd been nice to stay away from people and we were able to because of Justin Gibby's best start of the year for me. High praise from Brandon Hyde. I mentioned that Kyle Gibson was coming off back-to-back bad outings. Well, his start prior to those back-to-back bad outings was another good start against the Blue Jays. Uh, A 4-2 win at the Blue Jays on July 31st. Gibson in that game allowed one run in six innings. Remember, Jack Flaherty was supposed to have started game two of this series, ended up not starting that game uh, due to some soreness that he experienced off a throwing session on Tuesday. So the O's moved up Dean Kramer to start game two of this series and had Gibson be the guy 
who started Game 3. I wonder how much his performance at the Blue Jays on July 31st factored into the decision uh, to have Gibson work this Game 3. Brandon Hyde on Thursday night used just one reliever, uh, his ace reliever, Felix Batista. Uh, He tossed a perfect top of the ninth for the save. Uh, The O's in winning two or three games against the Blue Jays really were so-so offensively, but the O's on Thursday night hit two two-run home runs. Anthony Santander, uh, he on Thursday night in his second game back from a three-game absence caused by back soreness, hit his third home run in two games. Uh, Santander, as the Orioles starting right fielder and number three batter, went two for four with a two-run homer and a single. He ended Orioles a two-run fourth, had a one-out two-run homer to right field to tie the game at two. The homer winner projected 417 feet for StatCast. Uh, Anthony Santander, a.k.a. Tony Taters. <laughs> uh, he, for this 2023 regular season, is number one on the O's in home runs with 24, and now is in a virtual tie with infielder Gunnar Henderson for number one among all qualified Orioles players in OPS at 8.05. Also, Cedric Mullins, uh, he on Thursday night as the Orioles starting center fielder and number seven batter went two for four with a two-run homer and a double. And he had an outfield assist that Brandon Hyde during his postgame press conference called the best throw of Mullins' career. Uh, but Mullins in an Orioles three-run fifth had a full count two-run home run to right field to conclude a 10-pitch plate appearance and give the O's a 4-2 lead. This series did not start off well for the O's. Uh, A 6-3, 10-inning loss on Tuesday night, but then Wednesday night, a 7-0 win, and Thursday night, this 5-3 win. Uh, Next up for the O's, a three-game series against the worst team in the National League, the Colorado Rockies, who just got swept at the Rays. Uh, This series against the Rockies for the O's will be at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Game one, Friday night at 7.05, Cole Irvin will be the Orioles' starting pitcher. Game two, Saturday night at 7.05, game three, Sunday afternoon at 1.35. The Orioles' starting pitchers for the final two games of the series are TBA, to be announced. And that will do it. For you and me for now, keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 643. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders off their 2023 preseason finale. Home to the Cincinnati Bengals, Saturday evening at 6.05. Also on Monday show, we'll talk Nationals and Orioles. And that's this weekend, have a three-game series at the Miami Marlins. The O's this weekend have a three-game series against the National League worst Colorado Rockies at Orioles. Park at Camden Yards. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. When they can't hate on your game, they'll hate on your frame. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.